started. Perfect. So hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much for joining us today on this lovely Friday, finally. Um, I am so happy it is Friday, as I imagine many people on the call are. And so I want to thank you all for taking the time out today to be a part of this impactful and powerful and important conversation. Because although, you know, the media has died down and, you know, black is no longer trending, as Mariella has said, it's important that we keep having these conversations because there are so many layers to racism in the United States and globally, but, um, you know, looking at this and seeing what we can do and how we can play our part. And so, you know, of course, at the end, we're going to leave about 15 minutes to sign petitions, to take some action, and Mariella has a bunch of stuff that she's prepared for today. So with that, I just want to go over some quick housekeeping. You know, this is a little bit different than any chat learn that we've ever had. So whether this is your first one or your 50th, you know, um, this is a little bit different in the sense that we really, really, really encourage participation here. This is a roundtable discussion. We want you to share. We want you to talk. Um, so, you know, please feel free to turn your cameras on, come off of mute. Nick and Elizabeth are already um, on camera and very happy to see them. And we're all bringing the funk, so don't worry. No one can smell you or see your greasy hair. Um, and so with that, you know, please feel free to write in the chat. You know, you can write to myself or Mariella anonymously um, by hitting privately and it'll come to us and we don't have to share with the rest of the group your name. Um, but we really appreciate engagement here in conversation. And then lastly, this is being recorded. So we will share the recording. I will share the petitions afterwards and we will share um, and then you can, you know, pass this along. And so with that, handing it off to Mariella. So thank you, Mariella. Yes. Thank you, Nicole, for that beautiful introduction. Thank you everyone for taking the time out of their beautiful day. Um, I know that things are crazy in the world, so I really, really value everyone's time here. Um, we will take, as Nicole said, we'll take the last 15 minutes to take action together. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of information. Um, but again, this is meant to be an open dialogue. So I would love to hear your voices. Um, I'm actually going to be asking some questions and I would love to not hear crickets. I'm going to be that kind of like, you know, uh, that that uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record by inviting you to come off of mute and turn your cameras on. So, hey, Suzanne, thanks for turning your camera on. I see you. Awesome. And I see that we're calling from all over. So I'm calling from Buenos Aires and we've got some folks calling from, let me look in the chat box here. We have Maryland, uh, Boston, we've got New York, we've got some more people in Argentina, New York, Mexico. Awesome. Great. So, um, as Nicole mentioned, you know, this is a global issue and I know that a lot of the focus right now is uh, happening in the States just with everything that's been uh, coming out of the woodworks. Um, and so I, I don't know if you all have been participating in, in our chat and learn series uh, as of, you know, um, so far, but we've done some excellent chats. We've, I've had some friends uh, come on and give me their two cents as well. So you can see different perspectives because as I am speaking uh, about the black experience, I am not the representative and we have so we have an umbrella of, you know, people that are involved in the black experience from, you know, the person that is black until the person that, uh, you know, has never met a black person before um, our culture, the media, you know, Hollywood music infuses uh, what we consume uh, with a lot of black culture and the roots of black culture. So, you know, I am by no means uh, the voice of the black experience, but I am offering the space so that we can share dialogue in that. Um, I'm an artist. I study theater and film. I've been living in Buenos Aires since 2012. Actually, first time I came was in 2009. Um, and I love it because I'm able to just water my creative being here. Uh, and so I have just come into myself more and more to become more of an activist. Um, I've worked in the world of PR and marketing uh, remote for years um, and also coming into the space of healing. And with that said, something that I'm offering in this time that I know that it's really difficult to share our voice um, and to you know, speak our truths and maybe speak up um, when we might not have before, especially you know, before COVID and all these things. Um, I would like to invite you to write to my personal email um, that's Mariella at Gmail um, as I'm offering a free your voice workshop. So just to kind of get that knot out of your throat and 
you know, kind of loosen up a little bit and really ground yourself so that you can honor yourself and speak your truth. Um, we have so many ways to share our voices these days. It's not just the physical aspect of the voice that you hear. It's also the space that we take up, how we take space, how we share our voice on digital platforms, you know, as well. So very, very uh, intricate part that I'm super excited to, to offer um these days so that's just that's my introduction i know that you all who have joined before have probably heard this several times and actually some of you all have reached out to me so i really appreciate that um what we've done so far um is one of the things that nicole actually said we, we spoke offline um one of the chats that we did recently was called i think it was a second chat um, black is trending now what you know and what do we do to not just make this a fad and to really kind of keep the momentum and as nicole mentioned you know she is seeing and we are seeing a lot of uh, a lot less um activation on social media and in our in our email boxes and things like that so one of the the suggestions that i had from the jump is just to you know if you can bring this practice into your life and into your workspace, I really encourage you to do that. But it's it's all about keeping up with um, these kind of these bookends, you know, these staples of, of making something frequent so that we don't lose sight and that it doesn't just become a thing of the past. So something that I've been doing with these chats, with this chat series, is to take a moment of silence before we jump into all of the nitty gritty. Um, so I'm just going to invite you all to do that again with me. So if we can take a moment of silence. Um, to respect and honor all of the lives that have been taken um, before their time and all of the people who are fighting right now, whether it is behind the computer or in the streets um, or in the hospitals, uh, just to take a moment of silence to connect with ourselves and to um, honor life. So you can close your eyes or you can keep your eyes open. And I, I suggest also uh, finding your connection to gravity. So maybe rooting your feet into the ground um, and just you know, being mindful of your body. Thank you so much, everyone. So another thing that we do to, to kick us off for this next hour is uh, we sing this beautiful um, poem slash hymn that um, I would love to hear your feedback after we sing this, if this is your first time hearing this, or if it is not, um, if you've joined us on the previous chats, you know, I'd love to hear from you what you think about it you know, now. Um, and so I invite everyone to read along with me as I sing or sing with me. You can keep yourselves, uh, uh, keep your, your mutes on or you can turn them off, whatever makes you most comfortable. So this is the Black National Anthem um, that I would like to share with you all today. <clears throat> Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmony of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the living sky. Let it resound loud as the rolling Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day. Let us march on Thank you, everyone. So I'd love to hear if that was your first time um, participating in that hymn, or if it was not. Um, I would love to just hear your feedback. Let's just start getting the activity and engagement going now. I see we've got some claps happening in the chat box. 
Um, but I would love to hear from you and let me know um, what that did for you or you know, what that brings to your, to your awareness, especially now. Mariella, I just want to chime in here, you know, while people are typing in the box and maybe getting the courage to share how they feel. Um, I feel like this brings a different feeling every time I hear you sing it. And now that I'm participating in it, you know, because being transparent with everyone on here, I didn't know if it was really okay for me to participate in singing this song as I'm not a black woman and this isn't my song in my particular fight, even though I support it. So, um, I feel a lot differently about it now and feeling more comfortable singing it because, you know, I know that I am supporting the fight for racial equality. Um, and it's just really powerful to hear it, you know, every time. And we have some people writing in the chat. So um, Nick said that I love that we opened with the song. I'm so happy to, that I hear it more than just during the MLK breakfast at church. Um, perfect. And then Elizabeth said, beautiful first time and echo, um, she echoes my feelings. So, um, and then I'll pass it off to you, Mariella. And anyone else, feel free to write in the chat. Yes, because I know we've also got some folks who are not uh, from the States or not living in the States. So I would also, you know, invite you to share your, your voice as well. Um, even if we do get specific with with the states. Um, and yes, Nick, I totally agree. Um, you know, I definitely try within the work that I do uh, as an artist and as, uh, you know, in my work, whenever I can just extend the, the, the Black History Month, you know, or the Black History highlights of the year that tend to happen in a very diluted way and then, you know, kind of just get swept under the, the rug. So that's why I wanted to also start the chats, um, the, this chat series by, by singing this. So thank you for acknowledging that, Nick. Um, we've got some more folks writing in the chat. Kept thinking of John Lewis, a great activist that passed recently. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely powerful. Thank you all for, for participating. I, I invite you all to watch the very first chat series that we did, the chat um, was about Juneteenth. Um, and so as Nicole said, she wasn't sure if she could sing along. And I just say, you know, if you believe in human rights and if you feel like you are called to uh, support, you know, I think that you're definitely invited. Um, that's my personal opinion. And again, you need to ask several people because maybe uh, that other people don't feel that same way, but you know, you have my invitation if you need one. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next uh, slide here. So one thing that you all know that I love to talk about, and I talk about this on the chat series, and I also talk about it on the other chats that I host with Power to Fly, I love talking about emotional intelligence. And I think that especially with this issue of race in the world, you know, it, it makes complete sense to bring in emotional intelligence so that, you know, a lot of people, and especially we, we're, we're living in this time where we're, we multitask and we have a lot of a million things to do and we just want the button to end racism and that is not going to happen. It is never going to happen. There's not going to be a button to end racism. And so I just, you know, invite everyone to connect with their emotional intelligence. Um, and if you're new to this series, I want you to drop in the chat box. What, how do you define emotional intelligence? I know that um, a lot of people haven't really been asked this question. Um, I spoke in San Francisco, Nick, um, last year uh, about the, the importance of emotional intelligence in the workplace. Um, and, you know, people were like, oh, it was like a new, a new concept. And it's like, no, 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 it's there. You're actually born with this, you know, it's inside of you. Um, and so just connecting with your emotional intelligence to then be able to advocate for yourself and for human rights in this case that we're talking about today. So I'd love for you to drop in the chat box um, your definition of emotional intelligence. And if anyone wants to go ahead and go a step further, how are you using or how are you seeing folks use emotional intelligence um, to create awareness and advocate for, for human rights? You can also take yourselves off of mute. I see you all are writing in the chat box, which I really appreciate. All right. And as we, as I, as I, uh, I see you all are typing vigorously. I love it. I'm going to just mention here, Mo wrote about the, um, the song. I love hearing the song. Nicole, I would say this is your fight because you care about what's happening around social justice, social justice and what's happening to your friends. Absolutely, Mo. I, I echo that as well. 
Okay, so let's see. Rob says, for me, a big part of emotional intelligence is listening in all capital letters. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Rob. What's up? I see you. Um, okay, so your consciousness and understanding of the feelings of those around you. I'm using my emotional intelligence to bring the issues to our audience. Awesome. Yeah, so I'll just uh, start with what Rob was saying. Listening is key. Um, we often, it would be great, I believe, if everyone could just be a teacher for like a year or something, because you realize the importance of listening. <laughs> you know, like too much talk time means you're just like beating your head against the wall and really, you know, your expectations aren't really going to, you're not going to meet your expectations. Um, and so thinking about listening and how the, the many ways that we can listen, we can listen obviously through hearing, but then, you know, there are other ways of listening too, um, which takes another rhythm of kind of being a little more still, a little, um, a little more comfortable with being by yourself and feeling, you know, the different emotions and different things that come up. So if you want to go back and look at the other series, uh, the other chats in the series, you know, oftentimes I like to put an image on the screen and say like, what do you feel? How do you, what, what does that make you feel or think? Um, before just jumping into like, you know, I think this is right or I think this is wrong. You know, it's, that's very like kind of mental and emotional intelligence. Uh, the mind is kind of a secondary um, aspect of emotional intelligence. It's really about connecting with your intuition um, and feeling what feels right, what feels good. You know, would you want someone else to feel that way? Would you want to feel that way? Putting yourself in the other person's shoes. Um, Nicole, do you want to read what's, what's in the chat box? I see some folks are writing here. Yeah, of course. Um, and so Elizabeth said uh, to me, it is, is the ability to empathize with all cultures and people. And then Suzanne drops in the chat box. I'd say that it's about not assuming that you know everything. Other people exist and have their own experiences and you will never find out what those are if you don't listen. Oh, look, common theme and care and actually be curious rather than thinking about whatever you want to say next. And then Mo Absolutely. wrote something, but in response to something else. Absolutely. I'd love to hear what Mo said as well. Um, so Mo said, uh, Nicole, unless you agree with those people, then they are irrelevant. Think of it this way. Do you care if someone says, oh, wow, here's another person without a medical disability inserting themselves to bring awareness to cancer, AIDS, autism, domestic violence? You get my point. Thank you for being an ally. Oh, thank you, Mo. That's a really lovely way to think about it. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. <clears throat> Thank you all for sharing your, your voices there. Let's move on uh, to the next slide because I got some, some juicy things I want to share. First, I don't know if anyone on this current call was on our last call, but uh, one of the points of reference that I brought up was uh, Lemonade Syllabus, just to bring in some popular culture. Um, we talked about education and systemic racism in education and how um, I was saying, well, if the teachers or the education system isn't going to show the full history of the United States, which includes a lot of ugliness um, that we have been trying to avoid, and that is really getting us into a lot of trouble as we see now, then I would ask for, the, for you to look towards artists that are really in a, in a, in, in a more unapologetic way bringing some insight to you know the b side of history as i like to say so i just want to get a show of hands maybe no one on this current chat was on the last chat but do, does anyone have any has anyone made progress with the lemonade syllabus i'll also drop this in the link at the end of our chat so that if you're interested you can you can uh join that conversation and if not we can just move on to the next slide if no one has made any progress but um, I'll talk about this at the end of the chat, but it's, it's, a, great, uh, it's a great opportunity to learn about uh, a lot of things that have been happening you know, since, um, since slavery in the States uh, up until now. And so obviously Beyonce is a very pop culture figure and it's not about whether you like her or not, it's about how she is using her art and talent to kind of show uh, the B side of history and not in an overt way, like, yeah, it's like kind of like you have to kind of get into this lemonade syllabus and then read the text and go through some of the writings that, sh that they're suggesting, which is interesting. So um, let's jump into this first question here that someone has submitted offline. How to create provocative and impactful content during the climate, the current climate? This is a great question, especially now that we see that, you know, um, 
that black is not trending. And, it, and I would argue that it obviously is and it always will be, but not to the extent that it has been, uh, you know, right after the murders and right after uh, a lot of the uh, really crazy and ridiculous activities that have been going on in the States. And it's really hard for me also to look at it from another country and it's just like, what can I do? And so these series really helped me, this chat and learn series really helps me just at least share my voice and just bounce opinions and ideas with you all. So again, I, I really thank you all for being here. Um, all right, so how to create provocative and impactful content during the current climate. Let's go to the next slide. So I would say, uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to talk about or show content that might not be what you think people will just be the happiest about, right? Because we can't continue to sweep our history under a rug and expect for big changes to happen. So that's why I put here conscious marketing and conscious branding paired with conscious consumption. So I would just like a show of hands if anyone knows uh, what this photo is referencing. And it's okay if you don't, um, I'm happy to explain it. Um, and I'll give you a hint um, that this happened, this photo is of someone outside of the States, actually in Brazil. So I don't know if you are familiar with the story of this person. So if not, we can move on to the next. Ah, yes, great. Someone has written here, Brazilian woman slave. I can't quite remember. Perfect. Okay, so let's go to the next slide. Um, <clears throat> so this, So this is actually a legend, she is a legend. So we're gonna continue to talk about confronting myths and legends and untold stories, right? To just to get to understand and have more of a holistic approach. So um, Anastasia is a, a Brazilian legend. This is actually, these are photos that my friend today uploaded on Instagram. And I was like, hey, I'm talking about this person today. So I immediately put her in the slide, like literally 10 minutes before we started. Um, uh, as she has Brazilian roots and she's from the state, she is a biracial, um, artist and she drew this photo uh, to kind of you know represent uh, this this Brazilian legend who her name is uh, was Anastasia and I think that it's really impactful especially now that we have to wear masks you know so um, there are different versions uh, of this legend the most basic is that she was so beautiful that white women were jealous and made her wear a muzzle to hide her beauty um, in every version she was a healer and another version, she was, uh, she was caught teaching folks about uh, African goddesses and connecting them to Christianity so that people could worship undercover these uh, original African deities. So they can worship these deities under the kind of label of Christianity so that people wouldn't you know, get executed. Um, and for that, she was made to wear a muzzle. Uh, another uh, legend is that she was telling people how to escape. <clears throat> And, uh, uh, and, and some stories share that she had blue eyes because her mother was raped by a white slave owner. So this is a very, you know, uh, real uh, legend, whether it's, you know, whether, unfortunately, uh, the, the folks that wrote the history books did not put these kinds of stories in our history books, which is also why we need to look to artists and kind of like that word of mouth passing on from generation to generation to really just kind of start to put the pieces together ourselves. Because otherwise we lose so much information. And in a time when, you know, uh, this, this, this legend was, you know, shunned uh, and, and it's a great opportunity to bring her up to light and just to kind of have these uh, uncomfortable conversations, right? Because it's not so comfortable to talk about why you would have to put a muzzle over a woman um, and we can kind of even draw some lines of how that is being replicated today in modern society with different things, right? I'm sure we can agree. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the next slide. Oh, I think I had you click on something. Okay, perfect. So how might we continue learning and engage in those uncomfortable conversations and ultimately make change for future generations? This is another great question that someone submitted offline. Um, and I think that there's another question right after that that I wanna kind of tackle the two together. Okay, so how can we better honor the black experience in the workplace to increase acquisition and retention of black talent? So these are kind of, you know, one is very technical and in, you know, specifically with work and what can I do now at work? And the other is kind of like, how can we engage in these really uncomfortable conversations? So um, if you go to the next slide, Nicole, I want to just bring up some 
some of our shared history that we can really, you know, get nitty gritty right now, even and, and kind of bring to the to the forefront what's going on with some branding. Um, and I actually I'm from Los Angeles. Um, I've lived as an artist in Hollywood and actually there's a big reason I'm not there right now. Um, and if you can just take a step back, you know, connect with your emotional intelligence as always, because a lot of these things can really get you upset. Um, and just to kind of do the work on your own by yourself and just say, you know, what do I feel when I see this image? You know, this is Shirley Temple. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Shirley Temple. So what do you, what do you, what are some of the, the, the ways that your family or you or your grandparents have, you know, passed down this, um, this way of seeing Shirley Temple on, on the big screen, right? You probably have, I mean, I'd like to actually ask you all that. Uh, what, when, when you think of Shirley Temple, what do you think? You probably don't think of this image. <laughs> no, I think of a sweet little girl who's like tap dancing and that's about the extent of Shirley Temple that I know. I think right. of the drinks. You think of the what? The drinks. The drinks, yeah. The Shirley Temple drinks. So even, you know, and this is actually really interesting, down to the how do you have a good time? Let's name the drink after yeah. something that really has more impact, you know. So this really diluting our history and who's doing that? People who are responsible for branding and marketing and for selecting the characters that act in the plays and selecting the characters that act in Hollywood. I have a personal story where I was, uh, one of my frustrations with Hollywood uh, is that they wouldn't cast me, even though if, you know, I did a great job, they wouldn't cast me on certain things because they had already cast the family, like the husband, let's say in this case, and the son or the daughter. And because I didn't look like I could be the mom, I couldn't get the role. So this is just a way of really keeping our minds uh, in a box. And you don't really know that as a consumer, you watch the movie, you say, what a great movie, but what would, what would have happened if they unapologetically casted, you know, a woman and a woman having a child, uh, you know, or a son and a daughter that were biracial, you know, that really brings a whole different perspective to the conversation. And, and guess what? It's real life. You know, it's like, I think that it's time for us as consumers, and this is like that conscious consumption that I brought up on, the, on one of the previous slides, is that we have to demand this now, like stop trying to dilute our, our history and what is actually happening in these streets because it gets us in trouble. You know, it makes people uh, do a second turn when maybe if they were able to see it on, on screens more or if they were able to see it in, in, the, in the media more, then we wouldn't have that um, issue. Did you want to say something, Nicole? Yeah, I did. Um, there's a couple of people writing in the chat, but then I also had a question, comment, and I hope, I'm hoping it makes sense as I'm formulating it in my head as I'm thinking about it. But so Mo said that it made them think of a drink. Um, Nick said this image makes me think of a lack of accountability to teach children to have empathy and knowledge. And then uh, Rob shared that she was weirdly a United States ambassador years later, which is really interesting and um, speaks to a lot, uh, especially looking at this picture. And so, you know, talking about this sort of, you know, highlighting more black actors and actresses, right? When I was growing up, one of my best friends was black and I went to her house and, and a lot. I went to her house. That sounds very interesting. I went to her house a lot. And when I was at her house, it was a different culture of TV, right? Because she watched BET a lot and she had a different, um, a different type of music that she listened to and she had a different set of movies that she watched. And this is so interesting to me because, you know, I want to ask you and other people on the line who might be able to talk about this, but, you know, is there this like famous code switch that people talk about when you do cast a Black actor or a Black actor? in a predominantly white movie versus a predominantly black movie and the differences in maybe television for black people right like what are the different topics that they're talking about and I'm not sure if this is making sense but I'm hoping that it is like uh making some sort of sense absolutely it absolutely makes sense and I would love to hear if anyone on the line wants to chime in before I go in with what I think does anyone here joining us live want to Give their opinion, see some smiles, and people thinking, I love this, this is great. Wait, so the question is about code switching. 
Sorry, just yeah, yeah, kind of. I don't. I was hoping Mariella could pick it up, or somebody else could pick it up, where I was not closing the actual loop. But yeah, just with this kind of code switching because it was a different set of movies, and it was a different. It was different actors. It was way different music than I was used to listening at my house. And I see Nick smiling a lot, so I want to challenge her to come off of mute because I feel like she's got an opinion here. So no pressure, but I definitely want to encourage you to uh, chime in. I do not want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, I just, I think, um, I don't think that the topics were necessarily always different topics, but I think that a lot of times there's just the lack of opportunity for actors that didn't, and actresses that didn't look a certain way to be able to provide those role models for me growing up. So for instance, you know, I'm kind of older. So, um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, Little House on the Prairie, I thought that was boring. I didn't want to watch it. I couldn't connect to that at all. Um, and none of the people looked like me and they didn't have any of my language. Um, and then like shows like the Cosby show came out or like, um, the Jackson 5 cartoons, um, I'm thinking like Fat Albert, um, the Jeffersons, I love the Jeffersons, like those were images, things that um, made me feel good about myself as a, as a child, I could laugh at it, I could enjoy it. There were also very um, targeted images that would be depicted in shows that honestly I couldn't watch as a child because I would cry. Like I think of good times. Um, the, the imagery of that, the oppression of that, just hearing the theme music as a child, I would start crying. I could not watch stuff like that. Um, and it didn't, it didn't mirror anything that I was experiencing. So I couldn't relate to it at all. Um, so I think that it's not necessarily that the topics are, are different. I mean, I guess sometimes the topics can be a bit different, but generally, you know, it's about, you know, when it's children, you just, it's the same thing. You want to have friends when you go to school, you get into the same kind of, kinds of arguments or like, oh, I like that boy, but my friend likes that, boy. you know, whatever. Like it's the same sort of um, subject matter but you just you just didn't ever really see yourself in it um, until that until you saw people that looked like you playing those parts. So imagery is very important, and I think the imagery has been used a lot. Obviously, um, when you look at like the, what is the brown eye, blue eye, you know, when you look at different experiments like that, imagery is very important when it comes to topics like this. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. And please share more. And I just want to piggyback on, on what you said. Imagery is key because you, you, you invite, uh, you know, a different uh, culture, just what you're saying, Nicole, you, you, you share more of a, of a holistic story. Um, you know, if I'm looking at a big billboard in my neighborhood and nobody looks like me, I'm not going to buy that product or I'm not going to feel like I, or I have to actually do a second piece of work to like put myself in that position to see that I can, okay, then I, you know, it's, it's, it's extra work to have to do. Um, and to piggyback on what Nick was saying, you know, imagery and authenticity, right? Because clearly Shirley Temple is putting on the image of the blackface, but it's not authentic. And actually during these times, um, it was very, um, it was used, in a way that to this day it is you know a part of systemic media let's say racism in education and media and the way that we try to make people feel uh included when really you know give someone else who can actually speak for this uh in this space uh, authentically the mic so that they don't need to be challenged uh, to a certain extent. Actually, I want to, uh, if you can click on the link that's on this slide, Nicole, because this is actually something that I feel is happening right now. Um, well, actually, that I know that's happening right now. So I really encourage everyone to listen to this podcast. We'll drop it in the chat box. So this is talking about the legend of Aunt Jemima uh, mm -hmm. and how uh, the, the, and how the industry, um, and it crosses several media, so it crosses, you know, from being 
involved in uh, theatrics. So conventions, theater, food, the kitchen, they're in people's homes, branding, ads, and how they were able to monetize uh, this version of a mammy, which I don't know if you all are familiar with that. Um, a mammy is, very, is a very um, under-sexualized woman who uh, has no responsibility but to take care of the white family. Yeah, and she's away. in the kitchen, and she's there to cook for the family and, and feed the family and be the mammy. And so um, the history of Aunt Jemima, which is very, very interesting, if you want to scroll down, um, I just want to, for us to look at some of these, um, scroll all the way down. I put these books, the links to these books in, in, at the end. But just look at how over time, the imagery of Aunt Jemima changed. Um, and, and the thing that I wanna highlight is who was owning that narrative. It wasn't someone who was like, let me really share this authentic food that I wanna cook for everyone. It was, you know, uh, before Quaker Oats bought, uh, let me just go through my notes. I think it was R.T. Davis. It was R.T. Davis and, and his marketing team basically that, you know, they were like, let's go and find someone who could represent uh, this, this mammy image that we all hold dear in our hearts in the South, in the good old South. And so that's when you have Nancy Green that they found to portray this role. Um, and in that case, you know, that it's very hard for a black woman to find, you know, good paying work. Was she going to say no or yes? So this is kind of like a double-edged sword. So if you work with a company that is looking for someone to represent the brand, let's say, or to, you know, essentially they were, um, you know, trademarking this, this, uh, this, new, uh, this new product, um, and they realized that during this time, menstrual shows were big. Um, so a lot of people, at least in popular culture, would be receptive of this. And this was a time when the North and the South were divided and they were trying to like, you know, really just make a lot of money by portraying that, you know, uh, the South is doing better and let's appeal to the people in the North. But really in that moment, it would have been really cool if emotional intelligence could have been involved to say, wait a minute, who owns this narrative? Because actually the woman that we're gonna, the, one of the books that I'll reference a little later, she has worked really hard uh, over the years to, to dive into this uh, story. And she says that one of the most fascinating things as she speaks around the, uh, the country uh, about specifically Aunt Jemima and the story of, of how um, this kind of uh, unconscious consumption, uh, you know, allowed also people of color and black people to think that they were supporting a black owned business. And so how that really just brings about more disillusion. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know I'm speaking a lot here, but I just wanted to just say this is a very complicated subject. There is no button to end racism and it takes you know, an individual to dive deeper and to reflect on, wait a minute, let me look at this from all sides. You know, at this point, over so much time, it comes to a point where it's like, I can't really trust people these days. You know, let me do my own research because from the way that I was educated, from the, the things that I'm being shared, the, the algorithms that are showing me things on, online, you know, I can take that and then I want to also put another facet to it by saying, okay, who are these people? What are their intentions? You know, did this person have a choice or not? Was, was there more, you know, was there something else that was available? Can you, can, you can continue to scroll down so you can see how actually they were receiving feedback and they started to change some of the branding and change, you know, some of the, the advertising that was happening with this. But really what they did was they tried to, they, they, they created this myth of Aunt Jemima who was not a real person by uh, really diving into uh, creating these stories and giving her a family and giving her this like personality it was completely scripted, but as you know, the consumer who was you know probably trying to support uh, integration and you know evolution as far as human rights and racism, they're taking this as a gift, and they're and they're not really looking at it from all ways around. So that's something that I just wanted to to share uh, with you all today. As far as I know, that this is something that's actually a hot topic in the media right now, um, and I think. Yes. Oh, sorry. I just, I, this is so interesting that you bring this up because, you know, for two things that are interesting here, right? The fact that people thought that the person who this was named after 
was actually getting money from this and they weren't. I think even the, I think the grandson or their great grandson um, had a lawsuit. I, I believe I might be completely wrong there. So please somebody else chime in. But um, thinking that going back to that, thinking they're supporting somebody when they're not at all. And also, you know, somebody who's a white person who thinks they're not racist, but they are thinking like, why is this important to change, uh, change a maple syrup bottle? Like, what does this have to do with anything? How is this going to help the cause? Um, so this is really important. I'm excited that you shared this so I can share this with people who were arguing about why this is not important. So they're removing the imaging, right? So it's going to be interesting what they come up with next. Because they're owned by Pepsi now. So I just saw that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be really interesting. I'm, that's something that I wanted to flag too. It's like, I want to see what's going to happen next, you know, now that this is coming to its head. Because something that they wrote here was Quaker Oats is retiring the more than 130-year-old Aunt Jemima brand and logo, acknowledging its origins are based on a racial stereotype. And it's like, okay, they're acknowledging it now after 130 years. So my question to everyone on this call and everyone who's listening is like, how much time has to pass before we actually as conscious consumers say that, you know, maybe this isn't right. Or like, I would like to ask for some, uh, you know, some options here. And it's not just white families that have Aunt Jemima in their kitchen, black families do as well. And, you know, like I said, this, this author that was mentioning, one of the things that struck her was like a lot of young black folks were like, you know, oh, I thought I was supporting a black business. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. The picture, something else that stands out to me, which is just really offensive, is the spelling and how this person would speak. Yeah. Ladies, here's a tempt to late in lunch, chillin's love, instead of saying children. Mm -hmm. I just get upset all over again looking at it. Just wanted to share that. Am I thinking that higher up, at least one of the people that they have in their little grid of people aren't, isn't at all black? It where? Up a little bit. Oh, at Pepsi or? Oh, no, go up more. More, more. More. Keep going. There we go. Edith Wilson. Oops, go down. That's also true, but down a little bit. There. Edith Wilson, right there. <laughs> Did she, is she showing what you want to see, Suzanne? Tiny bit up. There. She's not black, is she? Yes. Wilson? Is she? Okay, I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and of but course, again, that, there was somebody in blackface. So again, <laughs> no, again, the fact that you have to question it is probably also a very strategic thing. Like if, if you notice the very, one of the first branding elements was, you know, the mammy was super, super, super dark skin. And one of the more recent portrayals of Aunt Jemima was more fair skin. So, you know, there is some psychology behind it as well. And it's, it's very deep also within the, the black community. Colorism is, is very big. You know, you had the slaves that worked outside and the slaves that worked inside. Right. Uh, it just brings yeah. about a whole, a whole nother piece of, of, of confusion. And, and actually, and so we're about to get into the action part where I share petitions, but that was something that was brought up on one of uh, the calls, I believe, when we had uh, Sheree on, and she mentioned that she doesn't even use the word fair skin because fair skin re um, refers to being better than a darker skin complexion. So, you know, using lighter skin versus darker skin and just like the the racism behind fair skin and just these things that you don't think about that once you learn them, you're like, how has this gone on for so long? Um, perfect. Um, and so Rob said that she dropped out, we're referring to Shirley Temple. Um, and uh, he said that he hadn't thought about that regarding to the fair skin. So yes. And I know that that's something that Marielle and I have talked about covering in one of these chat series. So I'm excited to do that, talk about language and what goes into that and racism behind a lot of that. And so with that, Mariella, I wanted to pass it over to the action part. So I'm going to drop down to the slide that you mentioned, um, and then we can, um, I believe, no, sorry, here we go. Yeah. So 
I had so, I had other slides prepared, but the, these conversations go deep and I really appreciate everyone for, for sharing their voice. Um, so this first link here um, by from Black Women, if you can click on that link um, and actually drop it in the chat box, I think that it would be really interesting to, you know, start to navigate these waters of, you know, knowing if you do actively want to support um, you know, black owned businesses um, to go to organizations like this, for example, and keep up with what they're doing and see how you can, you know, support the effort. So um, they have some links here to educate yourself, to empower yourself and to support and to, you know, kind of become exactly become a conscious consumer, which is what I was speaking about today. So it'd be great if you all could, you know, uh, peruse through and then, you know, on our next on our next chat next week, come back with some some things that you uh, that you resonated with um, and that maybe if you supported any, if you want to highlight some of those as well. Great. All right. So then the next link uh, here is Black Wall Street. Um, this is another site. I put their Instagram here because I know everyone's on social these days. So maybe if you want to just kind of scroll down, Nicole, and you, you can kind of just see the kinds of content that they post um, and so that you can keep up with some of the things that they're doing. Um, and then, of course, go to the link and um, you can drop that in the in the uh, in the chat box as well, which is, um, yeah, perfect. So you can download their app, which they give you, you know, resources to all the different black owned businesses that you can support. Um, you can list a business on the app if you have friends that, you know, might need some extra support, you can, you know, refer them. Or if you want to be on there and you know you, you find it calling and appealing, please do so. If you want to advertise, especially you know I would say even for people who aren't black or are not people of color, you know hit them up and say, can I advertise and reach out? You know I want to bring more uh, black voices to my company or to my business, and you know just be kind of unapologetic about that. Don't beat around the bush and just be straight up. And I think that's how you know we're gonna just be a little more you know together in this in this cause. Um, and then obviously they've got a blog and you can become a, an ambassador and learn more about Juneteenth. So that's something else I wanted to share. Um, and I guess if you have the link, so we usually do this uh, just to drop in the chat box if you've been able to download the app. Let's, make, let's see if people can do that now. Maybe just put a one in when you've already when you've clicked, clicked on it and downloaded the app. Nice, thanks Suzanne. And I'll include all of these links in the follow-up email so everyone will be able to access these afterwards as well. Great. Okay, it might take a little while for folks to download, but I definitely encourage everyone to download. Um, okay, you can go to the next link. So this link is really interesting. This is a Black Art Matters shop, which I feel like um, could, it could be a really cool opportunity to get involved with how uh, to support artists and to also start to maybe even sell some of this work on your own um, to be able to, you know, spread the message. So um, they sell t-shirts, posters, wall art stickers. Um, they have digital files for black men, women, natural hair, all these things you can shop, you can buy um, and you can support them in that way. And I think if you scroll down a little more, right. So make money selling our art. I think that this is a cool opportunity for folks who want to figure out how to, you know, make some money and support the artists as well <laughs> on both sides. So um, as we see, a lot of the content has kind of died down as far as black voices. And in and, and our last chat, we talked about black is trending now what? So I think this is a cool opportunity to, um, there, it's a lot of information on this, but basically they, they help you figure out how to, you know, put their, their, their images and the art on different things and sell it on Shopify. And obviously I would just encourage everyone to practice, you know, integrity there and, you know, give, give the artist uh, the majority of the money and don't take it all for yourself so that, you know, you are giving to that cause. Um, so this is another really cool resource. I know it's not about signing petitions, but I think this is a way that we could, you know, really get active in supporting black businesses and just like with the movement of Black Lives Matter and just to be become a part of it um, on your own. Great. And then the last, uh, these next two links are the books to the, the woman that I was referring to um, who was in that podcast. It'd be cool, Nicole, if you could also drop the link to that podcast at some point. But um, Mammy, a century, a century of Race. Can you go back so I can read that? 
No, it's okay. I know I'm telling, I'm asking you to do a couple of things at once. <laughs> um, Mammy, A Century of Race, Gender, and Southern Memory, which is, uh, I've started to actually read this book, and I found out about this book as I was researching for today's chat and listening to this podcast that Nicole will drop in the chat box soon. Um, but just to, you know, open our, open our, re-educate ourselves. These are things that, like Nick said earlier, you know, we really only sing the Black National Anthem, maybe on Martin Luther King Day or during Black History Month. But really, there, you know, there's so much information to, to know and to, 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 to learn that is, that is the B side of history that it's not being put into media and into our history books. So I definitely recommend that book. Um, and then there's another book there by the same author, Skin Deep, Spirit Strong, The Black Female Body in American Culture. So we didn't really get to, actually, maybe we'll get to talk about this. Um, it would be nice if, so that I can kind of touch on why I think this would be an important read as well. So if you can drop that in the chat box and then can you go back to the presentation, Nicole? Mm -hmm. And there's a slide, if you scroll up, like right where we were just ending, up, 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 top, 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 go down, right there, right there, yep, perfect. So can you make that a little bigger? Mm -hmm. So this is uh, just kind of bringing this current, right? So we talked a little bit about blackface and just kind of this, you know, if there is space for the black voice or black person to be featured in a brand, what is that space like? Is it, in a, does, does that person have to be in a box or can they truly express themselves? So um, I'm not sure if you all are familiar with the woman that's, uh, I've got three pictures of her on the, on the outside. So not the photo in the middle, the one with the banana skirt on. Does anyone know who that is? It's one of my idols. Maybe Rob probably knows. Josephine Baker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's my girl. She's an idol of mine. Um, so Josephine Baker, her story is that she was born in the States, I think in St. Louis. Um, she was uh, becoming a big player on the minstrel show stages. So you can see in the top right corner, this is kind of, you know, the role that she was kind of, uh, the only role really that was available for her was to kind of be this comedic blackface actor uh, on stage. And she was kind of tired of it. She was like, I'm, I'm gonna go to Paris. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Paris and see what happens. She went to Paris and uh, I encourage everyone to research about Josephine Baker. She is an, a, a queen. She uh, started, one of her famous first performances is this banana dance, which, you know, has a lot of connotations that we can talk about on another chat. Um, she found out how to kind of fit into this role and then kind of explore it. And, and, and it was less of an oppressive uh, role that she played in Paris, more of a curious kind of over-sexualized of the black woman, which is a totally different chat that we can have at, at another time. But she felt more comfortable on that stage versus the minstrel show stages. So, um, Oh, Rob says that he got to meet her sons, part of the Rainbow Children. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, she ended her, the, towards the end of her life, she adopted several children and called them uh, the Rainbow Children. So this is just the kind of the, the divergent thinker that she, that she was. Um, and the reason I wanted to come back to this slide is because, um, oops, are we still there? Can you see me? Yes. Okay, the reason I wanted to come back to this slide is because, um, speaking of conscious consumption, right? So from the role of the, let's say, the person that is asked to represent the brand or the person that is asked to play this role in a show or in media or whatever. And then you have uh, the product that is then delivered after that. So what, let's say this, let's say that you as a consumer buy this Josephine Baker image on, put it on your shower curtain, right? My question would be, how can you be more aware of what you're buying so you know what this image really means at its core so it's not just another pretty you know picture that is you know in your in your in your bathroom in this in this sense with the shower curtain or you know for this american apparel uh, item here you know i look at her in this photo and i just really resonate with her she's just like take the damn picture you know i'm paying <laughs> um and you know if my argument would be that if there were more people of color, more women, more black women who could, who could add to the narrative and just really help us to rearrange the narrative of the black perspective, then we would just be you know, far better off versus uh, you know, these, these other kinds of, these bigger companies that don't have a lot of diversity and inclusion and that continue to 
own the black narrative uh, across media. Um, and so I know that I've dropped a lot of <laughs> points and a lot of knowledge. I know we've only got about three more minutes left. So I just would like to hear from you now um, and see what you all have to say or share regarding everything that I've shared today. I just want to ask a question to you, Marielle, and everyone on the line. You know, I love this because it's such a place for me to learn as my circle is not particularly diverse and definitely not as diverse as I would like. And so this has been such an amazing opportunity to learn so much. Um, and, you know, I myself misspeak and say the wrong thing and I appreciate the space. And so with all that said, and I want to say that so that other people feel comfortable coming to this and sharing and asking questions, but do you feel like uh, there is a change coming? Do you feel like Black women feel more empowered to be who they are? Um, and, you know, with whether it's their hair or the way that they dress or the way that they embrace their culture, um, do you feel that that's coming and that's happening? Or do you feel like there's still a gap between that? I think that Black women embrace their culture. We embrace our culture. I think the problem comes when Black appropriation happens and it just makes it, just like even when Nick was saying, like, I've been listening to the song Makes Me Cry uh, because of everything else that's surrounding this very um, important uh, TV show in, of its time. You know, it was very relative, but uh, because everything around it was not like that, it doesn't really prepare the person to be connected with with the outcome of, of what that stirs up inside and the conversations that it can happen. So I guess, um, I guess we are making some strides forward. Um, but yeah, we definitely have a, a long way to go. And I think it comes with listening, like Rob said in the beginning, emotional intelligence, listening and kind of stepping down when you can and letting other people share their, their voice when you can. Nick, do you want to share? Not to put you on the spot. I, I just have one um, one question and it's really, a, it's not a small question, it's a big question. So maybe it's something to, to think about and then um, talk about next week. But it is, how do we encourage these sorts of conversations and dialogues, particularly in communities where the majority of the community does not look like us and it is very, um, uh, rooted in um, thoughts, old thoughts and old patterns of behavior that are, they were never acceptable, but certainly with everything happening right now, it there should be more heightened awareness to the fact that these things are not acceptable. So instead of bringing shame to the community, like how do you foster and encourage a meaningful dialogue without saying very clearly, these are the things that are happening in this community and these things are wrong. And then everyone sort of goes to their corner and hunkers down instead of coming together to, to foster some sort of understanding and a, a better setting of, of this is what we want our community to represent. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Sorry, am I on mute? No, no, we hear you. You can see my rental house background here, not my style. Mariella has been to my house. Well, yeah, um, just quickly, I mean, I have been thinking a lot about this work should not be on, on black people and people of color. And um, there needs to be more white people who say, we need, to be in the, we need to be leading these conversations and not putting the work on others and, and the emotional labor, obviously, that's unpaid in many cases. And so, I, I'm thinking about how to do that more systemically <laughs> to get people who'd be like, oh, I, it's, it's not my, pro I, I'm, un I'm un uncomfortable, which is basically code for not my problem. I can just go live in my white neighborhood, go to my white club, put my kid in my white school. And not, it's like very easy for white people to do that and then write something on Twitter. But there has to almost be like, white people say like, racism is your, this world will not improve for you and your children or anybody if we don't actually acknowledge the fact that we were all, every white person repeats racist systems, even if they think they're an anti-racist. And it's not, we can't name ourselves anti-racist, only black people can. So I just, 
I really think a lot more white people need to step up to the plate. And I say this knowing that I'm one of those white people and that I need to get like white people to actually be the majority of the people in these conversations. Like it's just ridiculous how much work black people have to do right now, especially when it's like top of the headlines. So that's one of the things. Well, little by little, and I think that these chats like these chats help foster progress. So thank you, KZ. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, everyone, for sharing their, their thoughts and their words. Thank you, Nicole, for always, you know, coming up with some really touchy questions and bringing your perspective as well on, the, on these chats. Um, and again, like, you know, there are lots of crazy things that are going on in the world. And this theme of racism um, that is just at an, an all-time high globally and especially in the states um my my remedy would be just consistency frequency bringing this up putting it in your calendar you know let's have a little like come to jesus moment like let's bring in light the candles the safe space you know and really invite everyone to share their voice um and get off of get off of the internet for a little bit and like share you know actually uh with with people around us so We've got work to do, but we're doing it. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you to everyone for joining us. Um, I love being a part of these because I have a lot to learn and I've got amazing people to learn from. And so, you know, um, thank you all for joining this. We're doing these weekly, so please join us next week and feel free to come and share your voice as well. Uh, this is what this is all about, as you've seen. And I dropped the link for our upcoming chats um, in the box, and we've got a lot of other stuff happening, you know, talking about allyship in the trans community um, and other things too, future of events and hiring stuff. But, you know, I definitely appreciate everyone showing up and bringing comments and bringing themselves. Uh, so thank you. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. It's Friday. Friday. I'm going to take the kids to the zoo. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you.